next time we have news that is relevant for everyone to move from the lower and middle class all the way to the upper class top one percent everybody antonio t smith jr here i invented mexic news and a whole news station and all this stuff to rival the cnn's the fox news the newsmaxes the msnbc's whether it be far left far right or somewhere in the middle or middle left middle right we need a not-for-profit news a news that is not meant to scare you a news that is not so concerned with politics unless it's financially taking money out your pocket or putting money in your pocket and that's the purpose of mexit news mexit stands for middle class exit and that's what i'm about i'm fortunate enough to be in the top one percent and i'm bringing as many people with me as possible so on mexit news you learn about crypto you learn about blockchain. You learn about things that are relevant, that are excellently relevant, and that are fortified to push you to the next level. So thank you for joining Mexit News. It is a pleasure. You're going to hear this because this is on a podcast. So if you can give a rating, if you can send as much traffic to this podcast as possible, it always remain free because using advertisers to pay so i never have to charge you for the news antonio t smith jr you can't plant better you can dominate all right welcome back to the people's congress i am stephen walker and i'm excited to have our panelists here tonight boy do we have some stories for you we've been having fun cutting up just before the show uh but we're going to start out introducing our panelists tonight and we're going to let ladies go first so let's start with telly in long island new york Hi, my name is Telly Kwashi, or I go by Telly. Um, currently, I'm not a business owner, but I am pursuing a career in child advocacy. Very nice. Thank you. All right, Tanya Harper in West Virginia. Hello, my name is uh, Tanya Harper. I am the owner of Agape Hands Care, Agape Hands Services, and I am here in West Virginia, Martinsburg, West Virginia. All right. Thank you so much. Hey, and look, you're watching our show. It is the People's Congress. We represent you in America, the middle class. And we want to tell you something. The Internet in America stinks. So sometimes we might freeze up. We're going to roll through it anyway. So don't even worry about that. All right. So we'll go to Maxine Phillips McCoy in Raleigh, North Carolina. Hey, hey, hey. Raleigh coming your way. Maxine Phillips mm -hmm. McCoy. I am the owner of Level Less. Women Succeeding, where I help you to understand your worth, advocate for yourself, and help you to succeed continuously so that you can hit the results that you want. We do coaching one-on-one -on -one, as well as team coaching, and then we do assessments and 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 um, coaching. Sorry. No, no, you're fine. What's your website? My website is www.levelessco.com. That's levelless. CEO. All right, great. Thank you. Vicki Yorian in Richmond, Virginia. Hey, everybody. I'm Vicki Yorian, Executive Director for Podium RBA. We do writing, communication, and leadership programs for middle school, high school, age youth, and recent graduates um, right here in Richmond City. Our website is www.podiumrva.org. 
All right, thank you. All right, misunderstood Adrian in Philadelphia. What's what's happening? Hey everybody, good evening. I am misunderstood Adrian, the CEO and founder of IMA Industry, the climate and culture change specialist. We are coming anywhere to do anything that needs to be so that the change of the climate in the culture is exactly what you need it to be. Someplace where everyone be able to breathe. So if you need me, if you need anything that seems out of the ordinary, please don't hesitate to call. That misunderstanding can definitely easily be misunderstood. And everyone will be able to breathe on the same page, the same level. So that is what we do at IMA Industry. But I am always glad to come sit with the Congress. And if you're ever in the city of Philadelphia, you already know. You have a place to come and you can sit and be free to bring All right. The city of brotherly love. We're going to go, speaking of brothers, let's go to Marquise Washington. Brother Marquise. <laughs> <laughs> good evening. Good, good afternoon, everybody. I am Marquise Washington from Indianapolis. I am a marketing director for an upstart company, BMW Enterprise, which is which produces the good stuff. That's a sauce created from the mind and taste buds of David Washington, who's 16 years old. It is the best sauce you've ever tasted. You can find us online on Facebook. Look us up. Good Stuff Sauce. Facebook, Good Stuff Sauce. You'll find us. That's what's up. All right. And jump into our man, Jerome. Jerome, Jerome. What's going on in Baltimore, Maryland? Uh, you got to take your mute. Take, your, take it off mute. Oh, there we go. I'm Jerome Red, a.k.a. Romy Rome, Baltimore Zone. And I'm the CEO of Let's Think, Change, Grow, where we help you to think, change, grow, and maximize your greatness. If you would like to reach out to me, I'm at www.letsthinkchangegrow.com. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. And our main Mexican man, Kevin Vaughn in Georgia. How's it going, brother? Oh, it's going great, everybody. Welcome to your future, ladies and gentlemen. Kevin Vaughn here uh, near the ATL, that's Atlanta, Georgia. Kennesaw, Georgia specifically is our headquarters. Uh, this is, uh, I'm part of the MLT Network, CEO and founder of the MLT Network, ladies and gentlemen. We deal on betting on you. The bet is business, education, training, and technology. Thank you so much for joining us here tonight. Our website is mltnetworks.net mltnetworks.net. Can't wait to hear from you. Thank you so much. All right. And I am again, Stephen Walker, owner and CEO of Manifest Media, LLC. We are a web design, business coaching, brand marketing, and graphic design firm. Uh, I'm also the owner of uh, customzoom.biz. Check it out. Get your own custom Zoom today. All right. We're going to go ahead and jump into this story right after I get my website. It is mypurposemypower.com. MyPurposeMyPower.com. All right, here we go. Jumping into the story. The first one, we're going to send right to Vicky. Right to Vicky in Richmond, Virginia. Let's talk about, let's talk about, actually, you know what? You tell the people what you want to talk about first. All right, sorry, taking myself off of mute. Um, <laughs> well, I know that everybody can hear me, right? Yep. Got you. All right. That's a concern. It's a concern I've got. All right. I've got anxiety about it now. Um, 
I know that Kevin and I were really, really excited to to get yes. talking about the the electric car buzz that's that's happening here um, across the country. And so, if you don't mind, I'd love to jump right into that. All right, let's go. What you got? All right. So, uh, headline um, news today: U.S. can get to all electric vehicles by 2035. So, I don't know how many people have seen, you know, um, some area, you know, rest areas in Virginia. Yeah. I know, you know, there's a lot of different places in Richmond where I've seen this pop up, but you've seen these EV charging only parking spaces and they've got a little, you know, a charging, um, you know, gadget that, that allows you to kind of charge your car while, while you're parked. Mm -hmm. um, and so basically, there was a big, uh, um, analysis released today by the Goldman School of Public Policy at the University of California, Berkeley, um, that basically said that there's a, um, you know, a large possibility that, you know, we could get, you know, our, our cars and trucks um, to be electric by 2035. And, you know, if we were to achieve that goal, um, it would save, you know, the United States in general, $2.7 trillion over the course of the next 30 years. And essentially, you know, per household, that would equate to about $1,000 per household per year um, in savings if we were to to jump on the electric car, um, you know, wagon. And I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. You know, I'm all for that. Okay, Kevin, you got something on that? A absolutely. Yeah, we, uh, you know, what Vicky said was awesome, guys, as far as the information, but also, too, what I saw from the article that I read very quickly today, ladies and gentlemen, is the fact that it's going to create some new opportunities for uh, the class coming up behind us right now. It's going to uh, open up with great opportunities. It's going to affect infrastructure, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to affect the land purchases, if you will. It's going to affect, uh, as Vicky mentioned earlier, about the stations, because you got to have a place for these uh, wonderful cars to be, you know, uh, charged up not only around the uh, country, of course, or around the state, but around the country. And so that's going to be very exciting. So it's going to be a great investment opportunities, I believe, guys, great investment opportunities for folks that get in early on some of the stock. And, uh, you know, one thing I looked at it too, guys, is I looked at it from uh, uh, the other side of it. For example, looking at the companies that are um, manufacturing the batteries, for example. How about the brake system? You know, all that. The car is great, but you look at some of the technology inside the cars, that's going to be a great opportunity for us to invest in uh, through those companies that do that. So it's a good time to start looking right now at these companies, guys, that are in these areas for uh, underneath the hood, <laughs> not so much outside the hood, but underneath the hood. We're talking about the glass that goes into these electric cars, how about the plug itself? You know, somebody's making that, right? Why not invest in that company early enough and make a few dollars there as well? So we see some great opportunities there. There's going to be a paradigm shift too for uh, what we feel for employment. You know, so folks are going to have to shift a little bit, even from the gasoline over to that skill set as well. So we want to make sure everybody's prepared for that. Uh, your children, your grandchildren be prepared for that. And even those that are in the industry now that's going to be there uh, by 2035. But we see that's going to happen, guys. We see that infrastructure is going to change. Uh, even the city, the city, the county is going to have to do some things, going to have new policies, procedures. Guess who can influence that, guys? <laughs> we can. We can do all of that. So it's going to be very important to position ourselves for this great opportunity that's going to come. And hopefully, guys, it'll be a little quieter also at night. Uh, I doubt that. <laughs> I doubt that. The world's a, a loud place. But look, that's a great thing. Let's talk about the electric car. Let's take it to the panel and uh, weigh in on the subject. What are y'all thoughts on the electric car? Anybody got anything? Anybody got anything? Let's see. Miss Adrian, what you got? I got to say something because I think I grew up with the Jetsons. And, right. and it was something about the Jetsons that was like, 
so intriguing. And now as I sit and we get closer, I guess, to the year that the Jetsons was actually projected, I'm like, yeah, yes, yeah, amazing. Fourteen years away from that happening. <laughs> really happening. Yeah, for, like, for those yeah. of you who don't know, the Jetsons was a cartoon back in the 1920s. No, I'm sorry, it's probably 1950s, 60s, somewhere around there, 70s maybe. Uh, but it showed futuristic families, and a lot of stuff that they showed in the cartoon is actually stuff that's happening. Uh, so Adrian's referencing the car that was totally, it was flying basically. It was like a drone in the air, and uh, probably was. It's probably fusion based, not even electric. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, that's a good point. We see that coming to pass. Marquise, you had something. What you got? Well, I'm I'm just I'm just happy to hear that finally there's some there's some leeway. The rubber is actually meeting the road. I mean, we all kind of can remember like the World's Fair that they used to hold back in the late 60s and whatnot, and how we used to get these futuristic concepts that we, you know, by the year 2000, we were going to have flying cars and all of this, all of this stuff. And for me, it's been very disappointing that we haven't made it yet. And I, and, and that could be relegated to corporate greed or whatever, but I'm just glad that finally we can finally have the rubber meet the road. Very interesting point. Okay. Anybody else got something with a way in on? All right, Maxine. The only thing I was thinking is that whenever I go to the grocery store and I always see that those electric stands and then I'm, I'm parking in my husband's handicap. So I park in the handicap and right beside the handicap, we have the capability of plugging in these cars. And I was thinking, well, how unique that is, you know, that you, it's going to be electric. You don't have to depend on gasoline and the prices of gasoline can go high, high and higher. And then all of a sudden, you almost price us out of being able to put gasoline in our vehicles, but now it's going to be electric. You know, so right. I'm thinking, this is awesome to be able to have that technology. All right. So let's talk about the battle that's about to come to the world because of this shift and change in technology, because there's tons of benefits, but you got to do, you know, you got to do a SWOT analysis. You got to weigh it in. You got to do pros and cons, right? So we're talking about the middle class here, this is the People's Congress. Yeah. So as the People Congress, People's Congress, I want you to talk about some of the problems you think could come from having electric. Now, now, Adrian's toe up from the floor up. What's going on with you? What's up? <laughs> because I'm just sitting here thinking right now, you know, in Philadelphia, Pico, the energy company, yeah, is going to be having to be so on point on where they are because I need them to be ready so I can drive my car. Right. Because now think about the storm now. The storm done hit, and now mm -hmm. the electricity is out. Now think about this. Not though. only is the electricity out, but now I'm stuck because my car, mm -hmm. I can't get in my car because I need the electricity to charge yep. my car. I see. So now I'm yeah. stuck see? because I have no power. Very good point. But you it will have. Good, but then will like, have. where's my backup? A battery? Yeah. All right, check it out. I'm oh, going to tell you. you battery. Wait a minute. This is what you're going to have. You're going to have a drone company delivering batteries to people whose cars are out. Yeah. You have mobile aerial drone yep. delay companies. Yep. <laughs> All right. Absolutely. So so who else has another point on that? Uh, tell it. You got something. Yeah. So even with the like 
the electric car situation. I mean, I think it's great, but I, some of these charging stations I'm seeing in areas that are more populous. But sure. let's just say I want to take a road trip and I want to go out Midwest. Yeah. I have a feeling when I go out Midwest, there may not be a charging station. Maybe I mean, they're probably like, you better be grateful we have gas. Yeah. So yeah. having a charging station, you would have to kind of adjust accordingly. Now, I'm sure you can obviously go certain areas. And I mean, not all Midwest. Yeah. And obviously, relegating yeah. everybody in the Midwest is in a stone age, but mm-hmm. you would just have to plan accordingly. Yeah. Or really, you, I mean, yeah, you can have a backup battery. But, but can you imagine that? I mean, that's a great point. When you're taking a road trip, you're yeah. not trying to run out of electricity somewhere where there's bears and stuff. Right. I mean, that's something you got to oh. consider. No. Uh, but not only that, the the amount of infrastructural change that would have to happen to right. America's right. grid, mm-hmm. but for them to begin building these stations in places where yeah. Think about how many, think about this. How many gas stations do you have in your city versus how many power companies are in your right. city? Yeah. Right. You're talking about a serious shift in power and money and influence going mm-hmm. towards electric, where there's competition in gas, which drops prices. Now there's no competition. Mm-hmm. You're saying we're going to save money, but that's not the reality. That be, that creates a monopoly. Now they have total control because yeah. there's only one or maybe two, depending on how big your state is. Power companies controlling all of that electricity on their grid. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing that that's the issue I got. Maxine, what you got? Oh, so there's a major question that we need to be asking. Yeah, all right. Yeah. How does it affect the middle class? Yeah. So what are we going to be doing about this? Thank you. All right. Solution time. Yeah. Let's go blow up every electric station. No, that's not. All right. So what are we going to do to fix this problem? Let's go go to Vicky. Vicky's got this smile on her face. She's like, I love electric. What are y'all talking about? <laughs> Well, listen, it just made me think, you know, you know, I I think that electric is if if they're able to, you know, make they have to build that infrastructure like Kevin Kevin was saying. And so, you know, it's it's not just a about, you know, the the car. It's about creating, you know, all the different places. Are you a creator looking for a home? A place to genuinely call home, a place to put all of your work all of your creations, someplace where you know it will get the attraction, you'll get the followers, the subscribers that you deserve and you need, ATS TV is the place for you. If you want a place where you can call home, reach out to us. Email us at info at AntonioTSmithJr.com and find out how you can become a creator on ATS TV today. We want you. And you want us. Welcome home. Tell them us a link in the description. Click the link in the description to find out more about ATS TV and to see where you will soon call home. Tell them I said hi. Antonio said hi. This is where you can actually um, charge your car up. And now I don't, now, you know, don't call me. I'm not an expert or anything, but I'm, you know, I don't know what the difference, you know, is a a hybrid car, you know, would electric cars be able to, is that something where is is a backup? Maybe you could put gas in as a backup. Is that what a hybrid car is? Yeah, is that what the difference is yeah. between? Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. you can? So you right. know, I you know, I've because I've looked into getting a um, a hybrid. I you know, I just have a, a regular regular old car now. Yeah. Um. But you know, yeah. Next that's step, it. I was thinking maybe maybe yeah. hybrid. I don't know because that's yeah that's, that's the electric. Good. But that's, that's called the that's called the gateway product. Get the gateway, the gateway yeah, yeah, yeah. That's brilliant. That is so brilliant, Vicky, because you're absolutely right. The practical side of this, and all of us can think about it, it's not really hard, really. It's the practical use of the car now. 
And like you said, you don't want to be stranded anywhere with the car. Now, the only other thing that's going to help you is when you put a device or a GPS system that says, hey, you get ready to run out of some fuel <laughs> and you better get to the nearest station now. Now, keep in mind, I just did the math. It was real quick. This is 14 years coming, guys, right? right. That's nothing. If they don't start working the infrastructure now, they won't have it. In All right, so let me, tell you, let me tell you a problem with that. This is the problem they have. They can't even fix the current infrastructure. Thank you. Bridges, yeah. streets, potholes, yeah, phone lines. So not gonna make don't, it. don't give me some story that all of a sudden in 14 no. years, we're going to have a whole grid right. right. for electric. And you know what? And if they do do it, that tells you a lot. That tells right. you they could have fixed the rest of this stuff. They decided right. not to. But again, yeah. look, we're talking about Mexico, middle class yeah. exit. Yeah, We got to elevate our minds so we can know what's going on in the world and just like kevin said and he gave a really good point and we kind of breezed over it but this is something that the middle class has to get and for those, for those of you who go to ats and are on ats and in ats and getting this knowledge you know what i'm talking about mm -hmm. but kevin said that if we know that that's coming then you can get ahead of it and start investing in those companies yeah. before they start to go up yeah and then your family can leverage that even if it's you don't like it you still can benefit from it mm -hmm. right so that's the difference in the middle class. Instead of letting things happen and just complaining, now we actually can participate. We can get in and participate and help people like Vicky get a hybrid. Yeah. Okay. She's yeah. the only one in the group that wants the hybrid. I actually have a hybrid too, so I'm I'm playing. But it's a good say, how do we know? Have we done a poll? Did we do a poll? Does oh, here we go. All right. The first poll of the night. Here we go. First poll of the night. All right, Steve, I'm gonna let you set the parameters. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Steve, before we do the poll. What about the middle class paying attention to the law, the legislation that yeah, oh. is going to be coming out right. about some of this? You have a voice, right. and now yeah. it's time to be. You, we're looking at fourteen years out, yeah. so now it's the time to be finding that information, looking yeah. for it, researching, and finding out what role can we play in this right now before it happens. Do we want yeah. it to happen? Do we want to allow it to happen? Right. Uh, yeah. Can we make a difference in it? Well, you know, United Power, we have a voice. Marquise, what you got? Well, my question is, where are we getting the energy from? Mm -hmm. I mean, are we going to have windmills parked on the side of the road? Are we going to use coal? I mean, are we going to use pressure plates with then push water around to charge yeah. your car? Yeah, are we yeah, going to yeah. have Niagara Falls coming out of our windshields? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> are we going to use nuclear power? Well, I mean, from what I understand, they have they have genetically modified hamsters on giant spinning wheels on the side of the road, and we're gonna have them running all day to give us electricity. But that's a really good point: is how are they yeah. gonna power the power? Right, exactly. You know, that's so it's gonna take some investigation. This will be yeah. an ongoing story, people. Yeah, and we're gonna keep you informed. But before we keep you informed, we're gonna take a poll to see where we stand as the People's Congress on the issue. All right, here we go. What I want to know is how many people prefer gas versus electric all right if this was to happen today how many people would go out and buy an electric car show your hand all right so we're going to go ahead and replace maryland i am uh, baltimore maryland we need a new uh, representative in maryland and what was the other hand i saw no, i'm joking and, and vicky you raised your hand so two people out of, out of our well, group i thought this was about going to be about hybrids i thought this was going to be about hybrid cars this is this is a okay. this is a very polarized gas versus electric second, we can't second. just all get along second poll all right second poll how many of you have a hybrid car i have one Ooh. how many of us have a hybrid car 
Okay. I'm striving, striving for it. See? So so let's talk about this because it reveals something. Yeah. You know, Opportunity. our society, the way America is set up is supposed to be based on based on supply and demand. Yeah, well, you demand if there's it, a you got it. You're if, in the first, you in the one percent. Oh, no, trying to get up, to where, we up. trying to get to where you are, bro. We trying you're, to get the hybrid. You know? Girl, I had a hybrid, we didn't even know I had a hybrid. Look, let me tell you my story. I had a hybrid, didn't even know I had a hybrid. I, I stopped at the light and my car cut off and it was brand new. And I was like, uh-uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. And when I went to go, it cut back on. And I was like, what in the world? What's wrong with this car? That's how you know you're ignorant. When you buy something, you don't even know what you got. And you think it's a problem. So you got to know what you're buying, first thing. That's my fault. But you know what? I'm in the middle class. I'm exiting and getting this understanding. All right, let's take this this poll seriously now. Look, please look at this. It's supposed to be based on supply and demand. If mm -hmm. there's on this, our representatives in the people Congress, and we haven't demanded that product yet, why are they creating all this supply? It's not supply and demand. It's decrease and make them demand them to buy the supply. Right. Exactly. You see, that's what's happening, yeah. and it goes back yeah. to what Maxine said. Yeah. You have a vote. You better know the issues. You better know yeah. what's happening. You better get involved or you will be forced. Imagine all these cars that are gas, cars yeah. that are paid off, by the way. Yeah. Now you got to go buy a car, right? Mm -hmm. Look at that. Another yeah. burden on the middle class. Yeah. And you think electric cars are cheap? Wow. No. You just, but there's, you but there's another, but there's another, another situation, yeah. too, that, that you might want to consider. And we're talking about taxation. Because right now, as it stands, when you have these hypermaller cars mm -hmm. and when you have uh, your brother Steve down on the corner using uh, French fry oil to power his, his car, <laughs> you have a situation to where people are not um, getting taxed because they're getting taxed less because they use less fuel. Mm -hmm. So what happens now is the government is going to tax everybody by the mile that you drive by the odometer reading on your car. Wow. So when you put these little um, these little mechanisms in your cigarette lighter for the mm -hmm. insurance, mm -hmm. you best believe they're tracking your vehicle. If, oh, they can, absolutely. if, if they can see that you made a hard stop and going to bill you based right. on your driving habits, right. they know where you've gone. So therefore, you will be able to get taxed by the mile. Okay. Yeah. All right. So check this out. Now that you said that, you bring up another relevant point. Yeah. Now our cars aren't based on gas. Now it's basically a computer because it's all electric. Mm -hmm. So basically you're driving around something that they can not only tax you on while you drive, right. but they're tracking you while you're driving. Absolutely. Absolutely. See, now you didn't use the word. That's a middle class word right there. Tracking. Yeah. Now yeah, exactly. you done brought it all into a whole nother thing because now that says that what you're giving me as an opportunity is not mm -hmm. really so much an opportunity. It's just another way for me to sign away the fact mm -hmm. that I don't know anything. And I think that I'm doing something because I'm about to get something that's new, but really I signed my life away because now you know everything about me, my whereabouts, how long I sat, even mm -hmm. to the point that I slammed on the brake. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, wow. That's the type of monitoring. Yeah, that's the type of monitoring. You're yeah. about paying attention to something right yeah. now. You yeah. got 14 yeah. years. Yeah, this is something that we need to speak on today so that it yeah. does not happen because you're right. It's going to strong arm in a lot of people because y'all said it in a very nice way. But, you mm -hmm. know, I go to we go straight to the hood sometimes. That's yeah. called strong yeah. arming. That's called lay down and get down. What is you going to do in a second? 
you ain't gonna have to do nothing but to come to me. That's that's dangerous. Yeah. Unless we own the electric company. Okay, so this is this is what you have to look at is the bigger picture. When you look at the companies that actually own the government, it's a whole new concept. Not the not the companies that go to the government for permission, mm-hmm. companies above the government to tell the government what the laws are gonna be, right? We know that. That's where we gotta start getting involved. That's yeah. why we gotta start empowering our youth like Vicky does with podium. They gotta be educated, they gotta be able to write, they gotta be understand understanding writing, and then voice their opinion. They gotta yeah. be able to voice their opinion. An educated population is a dangerous population. Mm-hmm. And they know that. And that's why we're here on Mexit with ATS. The People's Congress, we're coming at you with the facts. Our whole goal is to empower you, educate you, and inspire you to get involved so that your family can exit the middle class because they're crunching it right now. They're trying to take every dollar away from middle class. Poor millennial students that got so much money taken from them through education. They got pieces of paper that ain't worth nothing. Can't even get a job. Can't right. even get a job. Right. So, and then they got that large debt, but we won't go into that. We'll move on to another story. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and go to Jerome. Let's talk about Dwayne Wade. What's going on with Dwayne Wade and Kevin Durant? <laughs> yes, D- Dwayne Wade and Kevin Durant is a very, very interesting story. Um, uh, Kevin Durant invested in this $1.6 billion company with his resources from mm-hmm. a basketball player. And now this same company that he's invested in is worth over, I believe it's 600? 1.6 billion. Yes. And it and went I'm, up to 100 billion. I'm sitting there going, and, and it just blew my mind because mm-hmm. there's so many stories out there about athletes and- um, Smart ones. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that waste their money, don't do anything reasonable, you know, worthwhile. Oh, <laughs> He, he does one transaction, and I'm sitting there going, um, a Dwayne Wade, can, can you get with Kevin Durant for me too? Because I'd like to figure out what he did and how he, he was able to do that. And it's with cryptocurrency too. And and we, we talked a little about cryptocurrency before, about it's, it's going to be coming uh, the wave of the future, whether we like it or not, and we need to embrace it. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going on. And so he was smart enough to get ahead of the curve. And as a yeah. result of it, he's profited very well from that. And all, right. all Dwayne Wade was saying was, hey, dude, I like what you're doing. Can we sit down and talk a little bit? Right, right. Wow. I yeah. think it's powerful. It's a- Good point. And that, it goes back to technology. Yeah. It goes back yeah. to what Kevin was saying about getting ahead of that curve and participating <laughs> in the system we are in. If you can't stop it, you might as well benefit from it. So mm-hmm. why don't you jump in and get a piece of that? Uh, my question is, and, and what I would have done if I was Dwayne Wade is I would have walked over to Kevin's house and knocked on the Yo, 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 Kev, can you come out for a second, bro? No, no, come out the house. Come out the house for a second. Because yeah. you know, you know I got bills to pay too. So <laughs> how are you not gonna let us get in on this? I mean, how are you yeah. gonna get a hundred billion? You had enough to share. Why are you being stingy? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, but it brings up the point that sometimes there are business opportunities that come once in a lifetime. Yeah. And if you don't move when you're supposed to move, you're just mm-hmm. going to sit back and complain about it because you're going to miss yeah. it. Absolutely. Let's jump into this story, people. What do y'all got? Powerful. Uh, re- hey, real quick, guys, I want to talk about the indicators. I think Maxine gets me excited when she talks about that kind of stuff. But indicators, guys, we got to be up on the indicators that are in the system. For example, 
you know, the uh, 5G, I, th I think about the 5G business here, because you know that whole area is going to affect that area a little bit. They're about to move to 6G, Kevin. We're about to go to 6G. Yeah, exactly. So, so point is, and all that is tied to what we're talking, the cryptocurrency and all the things. That's all digital, guys. It's all yep. digital stuff going on there. So we have to be able to understand indicators, see what the Warren Buffetts are doing, what the Kevin Durant's are doing, and all those guys are doing. Well, let's start right there. Let's start right there. Yeah. So, so now we're talking to the middle class. Yeah. We're going to make sure that we talk to them and yeah. not over their heads. All right? right. So you said indicators. Now, I don't want Kevin to say it because I know Kevin knows what that means. My question is, does anybody else on the People's Congress panel know what an indicator is? That's what I'm talking about. Let's go, Kevin. Let's All right. Let's explain that one real quickly. Probably the easiest one right now is to be able to go to your local Google and basically type in the latest trends in whatever area you're looking for. So for example, say we'll just say the cryptocurrency would be one. The indicator is that that cryptocurrency is being embraced by uh, numerous people around the globe, right? The stock is going up, the, the uh, incomes are going up. That's considered an indicator. Now, obviously you have to get in early enough in order to, to be uh, uh, very successful in that, but anything that's showing a rise or significant change is a considered an indicator. Of course, you have categories, right? It could be the money side. It could be the electric cars, as we talked about, or it could be the cryptocurrency, but you gotta pick an area, and then you gotta be able to look at that indicator on which way it's going, whether it's going positive, negative, improving. But also, I look at other people, like celebrities. What are they doing? What's Will Smith doing? What's uh, Denzel doing? You know, those type of people. Uh, just kind of, what's Tyler Perry doing today? You know, right, so let, those indicators. All right, so let me give you another one for indicators. Now, this is another indicator. When you're at the store and they're selling widescreen TVs, and as you're walking up, you see everybody's walking out with a widescreen TV. <laughs> And you're looking at line after line of people walk. You better start wondering why they're doing that. And not yeah. only that, you need to drift to that side of the store to ask some questions like, "What's going on?" Yeah. And what's going on is everybody who paid fifty dollars get a free TV. I mean, get the TV <laughs> for fifty bucks. That's what's going on. You better jump in on that, right? So that's the indicator. It's something that's unusual in the marketplace where things are happening that never happened, and it's new and it's a trend. It's an uptick. It's a trend, and you see it, you can benefit yeah. from it. All right. Absolutely. So look. I want to go ahead and jump to uh, Tanya. Tanya, hit us with a story. What you got? Um, the first article I have is about uh, Mr. West, the rapper, uh, okay. with his shoes that are uh, now yeah. being auctioned for wow. $1 million. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Um, which, which West are we talking about? Huh? Which West are we talking about? Keon West, the rapper. Oh, got you. Got it. All right. Let's um, go. Talking about his shoes, the first pair of shoes he came out with in 2008, and um, he wore them at the uh, Grammy Awards when he had all won all those Grammys. And I um, he had on flip flops. Didn't have on flip flops. Excuse me. He didn't have on flip flops. You said flip flops. <laughs> I'm messing with you, Ty. Go ahead. Hey, no, they were sneakers, and you know they came out in 2008, <laughs> and he collaborated. With Nike, yep. and now a private owner is now selling them on selling them for a million dollars. One million dollars. If you look at the shoes, they don't look like much. That they one million dollars. <laughs> now I'm gonna um, ask you a serious question. This is a serious question. Hmm. What do you think makes Kanye West think that his shoe could be worth a million dollars? 
What do you, what do you think? If somebody buys it. I'm about to say because somebody going to pay for it. All right. People so, buy it just because who he is. He's Kanye West. Okay. Look, influence. Yeah. Yeah, I'm up here laughing. Yeah. I'm up here laughing, but y'all made a good point. If you price something, it's only valuable to the person that can afford it. Mm-hmm. And they'll buy it. And they will buy yeah. It. yeah. Okay. And that's what's they well, he made a billion dollars from it. I mean, yeah. it made him a billionaire. <laughs> oh yeah, no, he know he the man knows what he's doing, no doubt. He, yeah. he knows what he's doing. He's, he's he's good at what he does. So, all right. So, uh, tennis shoes has been in the story a lot, stories a lot. So Kanye West is jumping in on the bandwagon with his prototypes. So um, it says the priciest sneaker ever sold, which is crazy. All right. So that's how the world's getting. People are pricing these shoes. Uh, ridiculous. Like, anybody got anything on that? All right, let's take a poll. Who on here will buy a pair of shoes for a million dollars? Let's see. Okay, so no crazy folk. Good. So, the panel, we got a solid panel. Everybody's good on that. All right, good deal. Why don't we go to Adrian? Adrian, you have the floor. First and foremost, I need to know do these shoes literally walk for you? <laughs> I mean, they need to do, they have to exert all the energy. I mean, and then they have to keep you off of the ground. Because the soul should never hit the seat. <laughs> it should never hit anything because it costs too much money. It's the now, only shoe that come with their own shoes. The shoe come with a shoe. It, look at what. And, and it don't look right. And it's not even a nice shoe. Like like Tanya said, if you look at the shoe, you would see <laughs> you were trying to figure out where would the money even go into this shoe because it don't look in the manner. It's just, to me, it doesn't... It, mm. All I'm right. so glad it's not my opinion. So I'm so glad it's not my opinion. And I'm here representing Philadelphia. Because the sad part about it is, like you said, if someone puts a price on it and they believe that it is valuable, they then will spend whatever money that they have or don't have just to say that they have something that came from a Kanye West. So uh, just because it's on the panel, I need to say, hey, guess what? There's got to be more. There's got to be more. Kanye hey, look, can do it because Kanye make that money. But it's got to be more. He should look, even I know want a guy named Kenny with the same exact pair of shoes. You come talk to me. Kenny will hook you up with the exact same shoes. Don't worry <laughs> about it. All right, so Adrian, Adrian, I hear there's something sweeping across the U.S. What is that? You mean the 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 legalization of uh, marijuana? The marijuana. It. I have to say it like that because, you know, I'm a '77 child, you know, so I don't really know what was happening in '77 when I was born. But if you were there and you know what was happening in '77, then you know what was happening in '77. However, I am a child that just had to embrace it. So this marijuana thing is different. We got, this is the worst thing. You're getting your head bad. You can't think straight. You can't do this. This is the thing. Don't touch this. This is a gateway to this, that, and the other thing. All the way to the point where now it's like, okay, well, we don't need, we need some money. So this is the currency. So like you said, we're going to get it because they doing it. So now legislation has said, all right, well, wait a minute. We, we struggling as a city here. We got to figure it out. And the way that they figured it out is that they are literally allowing, as y'all would say, infrastructure, 
it's an infrastructure that has to go on in changing the minds of the, the world just to even say that this is now a new industry. You're talking about money, investments, things of that nature. You're talking about the things, the indicators. This is an indicator. Like mm -hmm. you can't sit in your state for so long thinking of what it is that you thought that might have never been and it's happening. And the reason yeah. why I bring in this news is because it's happening. Yeah. I was diagnosed with a disease almost 10, 11 years ago, and I can take all kinds of medicine, and the medicine is going to do all other types of things that take away the other things that I need to do in life. But now I can smoke some marijuana and do what my medicine was going to do, and then gives me more of the ability to be able to do something else. I have to say that every day when y'all see this marijuana coming up on a thing, it got to come up because there's so many people that sit with in a in a different place about this now called medicine because that is what it is. It's always All right. been. All right, you so know? let's 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 do this. People's Congress, let's weigh in on the issue of the. The people at the Capitol are trying to get blitzed, so they're going to legalize marijuana, so they'd be all right with it. Uh, there's a lot of states that have already legalized marijuana. That's already done. Let's mm -hmm. see. Is it legalized anywhere within our panel? Any state in our panel has, has it already been legalizing? All right. New York. All right. Anybody else? Anywhere else? All right. Uh, so just in, just in July. Virginia will be July. Mm -hmm. It will happen in July in Virginia? Wow. Mm -hmm. yes. So let me tell you all what's going to happen in July in Virginia. You're going to see the biggest blunt ever rolled on the James River because they right down by the ghetto. Yes, right okay. there. Well, ah. So uh, if you're going to legalize marijuana, you know what? And this is the other issue. And I can say that because I'm actually from Virginia. So don't hate. But look, from <laughs> Richmond, matter of fact. So, but think about this. If they legalize marijuana, how, how can they justify that when people are literally in jail right now because of marijuana charges? Do they get out free? What do y'all think? They no, should. they don't get out free. They don't get out free, but there has to be a conversation because the point of it is they, they're not going to be able to just get out free if, you know, if you telling me to get out free is one thing. That meant that when I put you in there, you never did anything else. Well, so I mean, it's, it's about the law. Me. The law wasn't in place when they got put in jail. Once yeah. it, a law gets in place, you really got to take another look at how do you Right. Just by holding them in jail when it's Absolutely. now and they're now in jail. Absolutely. Right. So kind of the conversation that you gotta have. But I want to hear Telly. She is the youngest in our uh, she is the millennial, I should say, in our group. And she's in the state that's getting high every day. <laughs> With family members that take advantage, believe me. Wow. Before the legislation, I have family members yeah. um that uh that indulge. And I actually had a cousin who was speaking to me probably a week ago. And he said, oh, cuz, yo, it's crazy how now it's legalized. But before I got in all this trouble, you know, lost jobs, things things were way different. But now, all of a sudden, because they can tax it, it's, you know, you can go ahead and, and use it now. So I feel like they've just opened Pandora's box. Like, the government can't be trusted with anything. Nothing small, nothing, small, nothing big, nothing in between. All right. So, so, let, me, so let me tell you this. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Let me tell you what's going to happen. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that I did drugs when I was young, uh, but I did drugs when I was young. So let me tell you what's going to happen. The person in the house who can, because it's legal now, mm -hmm. who can light up 
is going to absolutely light up. And other people in the house, grandma, mama, church lady, babies, dogs, cats, they all going to get contact high and have that in their system. There's no way to get away from that. You know, so that's something that's irresponsible, I think. People yeah. don't want to do drugs. Matter right. of fact, not only that, but then think about how that drug now becomes so available to the children. You right? You know, there was a commercial of this guy. His father yeah. came home. He caught his son smoking marijuana in the house. It's not mm -hmm. like he could hide it anyway. I mean, it's a strong right. right. So he caught his son smelling, uh, smoking marijuana in the house. This was a commercial. And he absolutely snaps on his son. Didn't I raise you better than that? How dare you do that in my house? How do you think you could get away with that? He says, where did you learn how to do that? I've seen that commercial. He said, I learned it from you, Dad. Yeah. Because that yeah. was his dad's stash of marijuana. So this is the right. type of stuff that sends yeah. conflicting messages. And marijuana yeah. is legal and it's a drug. Yeah. Why can't other drugs be legal now? Like, why y'all on me just because I do other things? So right. that's the kind of thing that is a trap for the middle class. Yeah. Okay. So don't don't get it twisted. You you got to see this coming. It is yeah. an indicator, as Kevin and Adrian said, of what of control over the people. A drugged yeah. up people is an yeah. easy people to control. Marquise, what you got, brother? I I will also add what the frustration that I have is, as you mentioned about the jail time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not only that, though, we are not in a position to capitalize off of that. I mean, I mean, a lot of people are the consumers, right. but they're but they're the same people who consume, but they are not in the position to right. create it. So right. I'm not going to mm -hmm. go into any demographic, right. but we all know. And that, to me, is part of the trap that right. will keep rich people rich right. and poor people poor. Yep. We in the middle class, again, like we've always said, we got to get ahead of the curb. We got to see it coming. We got to invest where we can and let people know how they can pull themselves up. All right. So let, let me stop right here because the People's Congress, we stand for truth and we stand for what is right. So we are never going to sugarcoat an issue on this show. Right. I'm about to tell you all something. When Martin Luther King was walking to free black people, true or false? white people walked with Martin Luther King. True. 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 So it comes down to the fact that there are people of all races that help and hinder things. Right. Right. So when we make statements on this show, what we're trying to say is that when something like this happens, Marquise was trying to be very politically correct by saying, we know who that is. I'm just going to tell you it's white people. We're going to say it like that, white people. Because you know what? This is what it comes down to. Those who made the laws knew that they were right. going to make the law. Right. They put their friends in place to right. open up these locations. Absolutely. And they made sure Hispanics, Blacks, right. Asians were yeah. not able to get that. Yeah. So right. that's another problem with the system is that because yeah. we don't talk about the issue, mm -hmm. we can't talk about the issue. Right. Right. Come we on, don't want to do that on this show because you yeah. got white people who are standing with black people saying this is not fair. So right. it's not all white people because we'll never do that. No gross generalities here. It's not all white people. It's them white people who's in charge right now. Right. And you voted for them. Come on. Yeah, you're going to sit back and complain. And that's what Maxine was yeah. saying earlier. You got a voice. And you keep mm -hmm. voting for people who have no interest in helping your people, Hispanic, Black, Asian, and even white people. Mm -hmm. I'm going to mess y'all up. How about this? Talk about it. You know slavery? Remember slavery? All them Black people were slaves? Guess what? There was white slaves, too. Mm -hmm. Oh, you don't believe me, huh? They were Irish slaves, 
They yeah. were they were getting beat like everybody else. But you know what? They don't talk about that. Yep. It's just a black thing. People Chinese. need to wake up to what's true. They were all kind <clears throat> of slaves. Yeah. The people with the power are the ones that we're talking about. And they're the ones that make you fight against yourself. Yep. Right. They make y'all fight so they can sit back and control you. Yeah. Right. That's what we got to get the middle class woken up about. What do y'all got to say about that? All day. Perfect. That was it. That was his good observation. That was fast. Right. No better than that. Let's go, Maxine. What you got? I feel Wait. like you got something for him. Listen, now you know I'm going to come from the standpoint of employment. I'm going to be talking about, yes, we got these individuals who are smoking this marijuana, and then you have the businesses who are going to say they're not going to hire you because what? You're high all the time. Oh, wow. So now it's going to affect employment. It's going to make it even worse. You know, we're having a difficult time now as it is to fill jobs. The jobs is not only that, you got what, five, six, seven, eight hundred people trying to go for the same job, and now you got an individual coming in there who. Whether mm-hmm. it's medical or not, they're smoking it. Right. Yeah, yeah it's true. employment again. So the middle class, you know, <laughs> again, you come back to the law. You have to be awake. Mm-hmm. You must be in the positions to start reading about it and even helping the younger people to understand it. It sounds right. good. It right. feels good when you smoke it. Right. But it's the long-term effects that yeah. they're not talking about. Okay. Right. Now, let's check this out. Let's yeah. just in. Across the news desk, it's just in. Uh, I have been corrected. That is not white people that's the problem. It's politicians, and they come in all color, shapes, and sizes. Yes. So check your district. Black people too, Asian, Hispanic, it doesn't matter. It's Mm -hmm. politicians that are the problem. Thank you for the correction. I appreciate it. Vicky, huh? Dang, Vicky, I was going to get you, girl. Vicky's muted out. (laughs) Vicky's muted out. All right. So what do you say, Marquise? What do you got? What what I wanted to say was this is this is kind of on topic off topic. Yeah. What I what I tell my children is that well there there are times when I will go out for a drive and I will stop and and I'll tell them look around you and they're like what are we looking at I'm like everything you see somebody's made with their hand mm-hmm. and you have the opportunity to do that as well but you have to understand where you are in the process. Mm-hmm. If you're only consuming, you're not giving yourself the the mm. idea to think that you yeah. can be a creator. Yeah. And so yeah. it goes back to this this marijuana issue. You don't have to be a consumer. Right. You can be a creator. Right. Wow. And that's that's the encouragement that I want to give everybody. Don't think that you are stuck in a box because right, you're I not. I got a question for Vicky because yeah. that's a that's a well, you know what this basic moment brought to you by Marquise Washington in Indianapolis, Indiana. That's a great comment because you're not stuck in the box. You know why? Because there's no boxes and there's no levels. Come on out. All right, here we go. Level. <laughs> All right, Vicky. Vicky, this question is for you. Let's see if you can knock it out the park. It is pertaining to marijuana as it as it pertains to our youth. How do you feel about the legalization of marijuana? Uh, and do you think it's going to be a good thing or a bad thing for our area since it's coming in July? Um, uh, you know, I, I think that ultimately, um, you know, groups like the American Civil Liberties Union wouldn't, you know, be advocating so hard um, for things like the legalization of marijuana if there wasn't some. Um, you know, truth to the fact that, hey, if you legalize something, then you stop criminalizing folks. Um, You know, one of the big issues that, you know, I see working in Richmond Public Schools um, is that, you know, we take young folks who are learning, right? They are children 
right? They are learning. And instead of letting our children make mistakes and being the mentors that they need to have the com the hard conversations with them, instead we have a police officer that's on presence, right? Mm. That's there. And instead of, you know, having, you know, a situation where we're really looking out for our kids, you know, boom, now they have a, they have a criminal record on, on charge. And, you know, yeah. whether that's, you know, uh, it could be anything, you know, marijuana or, or, or otherwise. Um, and so, you know, for me, it's like, do I want to do I want to see like families not get ripped apart because of like things like the three strikes policy that, you know, still exists in Virginia? Um, yeah, I, I don't want to see that happen anymore. And so I, I think that, you know, moving forward, this will be helpful. And I think we do absolutely need to have a conversation because there are a lot of people that are in you know, prison right now that do need justice. Yeah. And so that really, for me, is like, that's yeah. really where we need to focus on. I mean, it's right. great that it's legalized, you know, we're legalizing. So, you know, we don't, right. we don't keep making that mistake yeah. um, with our criminal justice system. Mm -hmm. um, but we really need to be talking about what do we do with all the folks, all the families that have been separated because of things like, you know, all of a sudden you have three marijuana possession charges. All of a sudden those three right. misdemeanors become a felony. Boom. All of a sudden you're in jail for a much longer than like there's, you know, there's mm -hmm. so much to this conversation that needs to be really talked about. That's more than just about, you know, legalization of marijuana. That's what I'm talking about. Let's let's give Vicky a hand. Come on, people. Put it up. Put it up. That, Thank you very that much. is a middle class exit moment. So Thank you very much. Adrian. And Vicky is so true. And that's because. Even what's going on in Virginia right now, it will be legalized by July, but they are not expecting to even bring this to two people until at least 2024. <laughs> so they are work. Trust me, they think it's news just because they be want way to high, way before 2024. But do you understand? They are not going to push and finalize until uh, 2024. Okay. I believe that when you see that, it's because. They have to drag themselves on it because they understand that the second that they say this is it, mm -hmm. that is going to be the question. Just like Mark, he said the other day, he said it the first time when I said something about the conversation. It's always a conversation. The blessing of it is hopefully what ends up happening is mm -hmm. as it develops, you learn more about the information. And so everyone is learning more about the information because sometimes the intake is not always smoking. Like I'm a person that I like to consume. So I put it in my food. So it, it, it's a different, it's affecting in the, the ways that it needs to, as opposed to just sitting there getting high and smoking, you know? So when I eat my bagel or my, or my, my toast, it's inside of me. So it's actually easing a lot of the extra pain, the you know, the, the actual excruciating pain. So there are people out here that are really going to benefit and unfortunately, it's just going to slowly happen because of all of the different repercussions that right. have come before. Mm -hmm. and, and But like you said, within the children, there's a message that needs to go past the marijuana. And right mm -hmm. now we have it so that it's almost like it's a drug. Mm -hmm. It's a cool mm -hmm. thing. It's something else to do when it becomes more, I think, more readily available they won't now want to do as much sneak in drink. You know what I mean? Right. It, it, there's a thing about you can't do it because you can't do it. That's why you want to do it. Mm, so right. that the second I tell you that you can do it, now you don't even feel like you need to do it. 
Mm-hmm. And like, unfortunately, it's... like if you can't beat them, join them. And unfortunately, what's going on in a lot of situations, a lot of people have come to the conclusion, why keep fighting this thing? If I even let them do something, maybe I can learn it a different way. Then we'll yep. capitalize on it and maybe actually do it, you know. So, so, so let's transition this story. So we're talking about getting high. Let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about the highest man in the land. That person being president, president Biden. Yeah, he is the highest man. And uh, so we're going to transition right to Tanya to talk about President Biden. What's going on with President B? Uh, president Biden is deciding. Well, will be withdrawing the troops out of Afghanistan on no later than he picked the day that, you know, everyone remembers from September 11, 2001. Um, So they want to start doing it. He wants to start like May 1st, like starting then and over time, you know, by by Mm -hmm. September the 11th that everybody's out. Um, But some of the military, huh? Some of the military um, officials are very skeptical about pulling everybody out. They're thinking they should leave some back, at least a portion of them there, just in case, you know, something happens or whatever. But he's saying it's we've been there too long. It's been two decades. No, nothing's really got solved. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. they we went in. They did it because of that, you know, mm-hmm. September 11th. And we've been there. We've lost a lot of troops, lost their lives. We mm. spent two trillion. I think it was like two trillion dollars, you know, on the war. So now it's time for to bring our troops home. So, well, that's a very good thing. All right, panel, let's talk about let's talk about ending the longest war in history. <laughs> President Biden making some some pretty powerful moves. Let's weigh in on the subject, Marquise. What you got, brother? Being a veteran myself, I will say it's about dag on time. <laughs> that's right. I mean, and and we we got in. If I may go to the deep end of the pool, oh, we got in this war on an okie doke. All right. And we were made to believe one thing when it was absolutely something else going on. And what amazed me specifically about Afghanistan mm. is that that's where the poppy grows. Mm. And, and, and we had troops over there guarding the poppy, which is a black market substance made to to for 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 drugs opium yeah opium yeah so yeah. it's about dag on time and 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 i didn't like that i didn't like seeing i call them my soldiers because i was one or i still am one mm-hmm. i hate seeing my people guarding something that's killing brothers in the street come on that doesn't even make sense to me right, that's all yeah. black market so that's when i realized yeah. that government yeah. is just as shady as anybody else so Right. Yeah, I'll stop right there before I say something I'm going to regret. I do appreciate that. I, I thought you were sure to say that the government was legalized mafia. I'm glad you didn't say it. I'm glad I, I didn't say it either. All right, so here we go. Let's talk about the issue. So what's going on? What do y'all think about the war? Without a doubt, guys, I, uh, I agree with the president on this one. Uh, we got to bring the troops home. There's always other ways of handling situations. And it doesn't have to be with troops all the time. So I know that the diplomatic way is uh, still going to be working, hopefully, as well. But at some time, you have to say enough is enough. you got to understand people died. A lot of people died for no reason. That's just my opinion, of course. Didn't have to die. They didn't have to die that, like that, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm just excited about them coming home. Uh, obviously, the families are going to be more excited. The moms, of course, the dads, and, the, and of course, our children for the dads and the moms coming home. 
uh, that's going to be powerful when they get back together and be able to recreate their life a little bit. So I'm excited about that. And I think it's a great move. I just hope that the uh, guys who are in charge uh, actually have a strategy plan, exit strategy plan, and of course, a, a plan for the future as well in that area. All right, so let's talk about this. Um, we're battling right now. This is the People's Congress. We're battling right now for the soul of America, the yeah. middle class. And yeah. uh, we're fighting this war that creates a mess, the middle class exit. We want you guys not to be what? A casualty of war. So listen up close. We're trying to educate you and empower you through ATS. I love the ATS in Mexico. We appreciate it. And Vicky, we're coming right back to you. Vicky, I heard something about uh, something happened in the ice in Antarctica. What happened in the ice? Well, it, uh, they, uh, they found something uh, way, 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 way deep, deep buried um in under three thousand feet of ice in antarctica um was it, was it jimmy hoffa <laughs> i honestly it, it sounds like an x-file to be honest with you is if i don't know if that's a dated reference and it definitely is but i'll tell you what uh it sounds like an x-file so there's a sponge-like creature that wow. they found three thousand feet under ice in Antarctica. And they, you know, originally thought that it was impossible for creatures to thrive in areas that are so cold. Yeah. There's no light, no food. Like how are these living creatures there? Um, but they found like, yeah, sponge-like creatures. Um, yeah. All yeah. that way down in the ice. I, now I saw the video. Now I'm not gonna take a video. video but a video. I saw the video. And basically what they did is they dropped the weight to the bottom of the ocean with the camera connected a little bit higher than the weight. They actually hit a boulder when they mm. dropped it. They hit the boulder when the camera righted itself. It actually was on the backside of the rock. And that's where the sponges were located, on the backside of this rock. Um, and so that was a complete shock. But what got me was the fact that they went into an entire ice glacier, cut a hole, and dropped it, and hit a rock. What's the odds of them hitting something in the ocean? Yeah. And they dropped it, right? So that, that to me was something I thought about. Uh, but the other thing is to find life in that place yeah. tells you that in, in adverse conditions, places where you think it wouldn't even exist. I heard there were some organisms um, that survived in lava, like lava, around lava areas. So wow. it just shows you how powerful life can be. Um, yeah, yeah Marquise, didn't you, didn't you read that story? What was your thoughts on, on the finding your ancestors? <laughs> well, just, just, <laughs> like, just like how you mentioned, um, you know, we've, we found life in, um, I don't know what you call them, but uh, coming out of the, the volcanic bottom. And so you have that heat extreme and yet they're thriving. Yeah. Whereas the same thing in the, in the Arctic cold and the depth, they're thriving down there. So yeah. it's as if we really don't know what's below us. So I think we just, we need to continue to do the research and to continue to stay out there to find out what's really happening underneath the surface of the water. Well, they keep playing around. They're going to find Atlantis. And I don't think the Atlantis is going to be too happy with the people on the planet. So uh, they're going to stop playing around. Hey, did y'all hear the audio? Did, did y'all hear the audio on that, though, when they found that uh, little creature, that little sponge? Did you hear this specific audio? If you didn't get the audio, uh, this was the, the main part of that. When they got down and got the audio to the sponge, the sponge was responding, said, hey, we've been soaking down here. Where y'all been? <laughs> Hey, I thought you were going to make a SpongeBob reference. I was about to flow with you on that. Okay. <laughs> well, well, something something is going on in at in Antarctica. Yeah, we know that. 
because yeah. I don't know, I don't know if, if you all know this, but back in like 2016, the uh -oh. Pope actually went down there. The what president, did he do, president Obama went down there. I think Putin went down there. Hmm. All, all these dignitaries went to Antarctica hmm. for uh -huh. something. I mean, don't let me put my tinfoil hat on. I might be able to tell you something. Yeah, that, let's, not go, let's not we go don't, there. We don't want to go there. However, <laughs> you can look it up. It is documented that they did go down there to look at wow. something. Yeah. And, wow. and, well, and even some, some people in NASA went down there as well. And they, whatever they saw, they saw. I mean, they kept it yeah. under wraps, but the trip is on record. Wow. So well, something, do, well, so something is down there. There's a global fight for resources, and the only undiscovered place and uncontrolled uh, place is Antarctica on our mm -hmm. planet. So there's a treaty. There's yeah, a treaty. Places, it would make sense that they would make a treaty mm -hmm. uh, for that, and that's why all those dignitaries are down there. Plus, you know, there's a bigger plan anyway because we already know there's a system in the world that wants to control all things, and we won't we won't talk about it here since we just started this show, but we will be getting to that later. All right, so let's move on. Let's go ahead and talk about uh, what's happening with Amazon. Marquis, you up? What's happening with Amazon? Well, for those of us who sees Amazon as a juggernaut, yes, it is. And they, <laughs> yeah. are, they can't be stopped. And for those who don't know, they are dripping their way into the NFL, into the broadcasting of NFL football. Okay. Yes. Unbelievable oh. as it is, it is um, I, from from what the reading says, it suggests that Amazon is going to give you a more authentic version of football by getting rid of the play by play commentators. Now, anybody who sat at a little league football game, you can appreciate that. I know I do. I can appreciate that. I can appreciate just being able to see it for myself and hearing when the referee says, first down, I get it. I don't necessarily need all of that, but that uh, commentator and all those other guys, those are just theatrics that's a part of the show. Personally, I don't like it because that's why you watch. You watch for the personalities. If you, if you go in there and there's nobody there, I, I don't know how I'm going to feel about that. All right, so I got my my uh, People's Congress flag and stopped flowing in the wind. It froze. It just stopped right when you said it because something's wrong with what's happening right there. So let's talk about it for a second. All right, you guys, let's unmute your mics. Let's get into this thing. All right, so let's look at why they would possibly try to remo remove humans from a sporting event. That's the angle I want you to take. What would be the need in removing people from a sporting event? The only thing I can think about very quickly, guys, is what they call interactive football. They're going to have the technology out on the field somehow. And that could be different ways to do that. And uh, therefore, you'll be actually involved in the action. So that means you could be at home and have the electronics or have the technology in your home and be actually on the field with the technology and play by play or seeing it in a different light. Uh, based on the technology. So that's available now through gaming, as you know, but to be able to put it live, that would be a whole nother level. That's the only reason I would think you would do that when you have that technology where you wouldn't need that play-by-play -play, uh, human person doing that. It's the only thing okay. I can think of technology. All right, let's go to the city of brotherly love. Adrian, what you got? Well, Philadelphia being the city, you know, of all the sports and everything, we need play-by-play. 
Okay, because your play by play is why we do what we do, like Marquis said. But to answer the question of why, because of the fact that what happened in 2020 and the fact that they were, you would never imagine in a stadium or an arena with nobody in it until this year, until this past season. So now you can think about it and say, well, wow. We gave a play-by-play, but there was nobody there to actually hear the play-by-play. So like Marquis said, if you can see it for yourself, you appreciate the play-by-play because you know what's going on. The difference is with the the one on the, the play-by-play, it gives the person that doesn't know anything about the sport still some, some camaraderie and connectivity to what in the hell's going on on the television. Because... Okay. Half the people don't realize, you know, especially in football. First and All foremost, right. Amazon needs to stop. All right, so let's check. Let's let's take a look at this. Middle class. It's a wake up moment. A wake up moment. All right, check this out. If they have a plan to bring AI to the world, they must begin eliminating positions where we used to see people at. If technology can replace them, then technology can eventually replace a lot of people. And if you're talking about adoption, having people adjust to the new reality, you go to the place where they're used to seeing people in a prominent position, take them away and bring AI and have AI do that job. And people say, well, it's not so bad. Then you create a whole new way for people to slowly boil to death. Because if you take a frog and put them in a pot, Slowly turn up that water. He will not jump out. He will die because you took your time slowly building up to the pain. So that's what I believe is happening. I think this technology is coming and it's coming so fast that they're now strategically figuring out how to Domino's pizza, delivering pizzas, right? Drones in the air. Now no commentators at the sports game, right? All of this is kind of coming at the same time. All of a sudden, we're about to all get electric cars so quick that we should have had them already. Really? How did that happen? Right? So these are the indicators. The word of the day is indicators. <laughs> These are the indicators that point to something's happening in the world. So anyway, let's go to Telly. All right, Telly, Mark Cuban. Something's happening with him and his brother. I heard they had a falling out. What's going on? <laughs> no, they didn't have a falling out. All right. Um, but the article is talking about Mark Cuban's brother, which if you don't know, I didn't really know he had a brother. I mean, you, I'm sure most people know who Mark Cuban is. Um, wealthy businessman. Um, I believe he owns the Mavericks, if I am. Uh, he owns correct. a lot. Yeah. Yeah, he owns a lot. He's on Shark Tank. Um, yep. So, yeah, he's very well-to-do. So his brother uh, said that he is fine uh, with not being a billionaire. Like, he's come to terms with it. And I thought it was a very interesting article uh, for many of reasons, but in the article, he was just outlining how their lives were different from the start. So Mark was really outgoing, um, extroverted, very into entrepreneurship where he was more shy, reserved, um, overweight, and just really, um, he just had a lot of negative thoughts that he did not share. So again, going back with reservation. Um, and so as he got older, he was actually into drugs. Um, and it really took a toll on his life and it made it more difficult for him to be able to interact with the public. So um, as he got older, he ended up becoming a lawyer and is also an advocate for those who struggle with addiction. 
So you just follow it in a different path. So it's not to say that he's not successful, but it's just in a different way. And he said that the issue is that most people, whenever he goes to a function that is maybe hosted by his brother, a lot of people often ask, what does he do for work? Because Mark is well-to-do. And also his brother, uh, Jeff, their their other brother, who is a COO of Mark Cuban Entertainment. So it's kind of like those two brothers who are doing all these things. And it's like, you have your loyal brother. Um, you know, an advocate, but we often just see money and think that that's just the epitome of success when that's not necessarily the case. And I I like what he said. He said, you know, I'm not going to be a billionaire and I'm fine with that. I I thought that was a really good position to take, right? Because it's not about money. It's not about money. Quality of life is what it's about. I want to hear from, I want to hear from the family. You guys, if, if you had relatives that, if you had a sister or brother that was a billionaire and you had a chance to jump into that company or stay with you, stay in your lane, what would you do? Because you can imagine that was a decision that the other brother had to make, right? What would you do? Maxine, what you got? Well, Stephen, I'm going to have to come from this point of level less. All right, let's go. Level less is no levels. It's about you defining success for yourself. And that way you continue to achieve based on your own terms and not what someone else determines for right. you. So yeah. that I feel like that's the, the what he took. He took the stance and like, this is what makes me successful. This is what fulfills me. This is my purpose. This is how I'm giving back to society. And it does not have to be like his other brothers or anyone else in the world. And right. more of us need to continue to feel that way and think that way. Because when we remove those levels, it takes a lot of pressure off of us. It takes us competing against ourselves and competing with everyone else because we're so busy trying to climb a ladder that we're stabbing each other in the back and we're leaving dead bodies along the way as we climb the ladder. So I admire him for standing grounds and being him and doing him. Wow, that's great. Well, look, we're going to move. We're gonna we're gonna move through and um, actually I'm gonna give you this one, Jeff Bezos. Something's happening with him. What's he doing? Oh, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. What's going on, Adrian? <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Y'all, Miss Maxine just said they were leaving bodies everywhere, and it's like, what? We just gonna okay? We move on. No, man, Miss Maxine, but she talk about level. Come on now, cause listen, I'm I'm with the brother. Cause you're right. You do your your dollar amount does not determine who you are. It's your it's the who you are inside. Your quality of life is the determination of who you are. Right. The money does not determine your worth. Come on, because but there's so many people that, especially in this day and age, that are stuck in this world that we are in because we want to look like or be like. And when you think about it, it's not even about the money because the people that have money are probably really struggling in other different places and people never know that kind of stuff, but they're never forthcoming with that information of how hard it is or how sad it is. So I'm just glad that we just like, when you put it into the middle class terms of things, Cause you're looking at it and you saying like I I have a I have a cousin who's a multi multi mega buku whatever you want. I look and I say wow that's all great that's all good but you do you make a choice like Miss Maxine said I don't need my commas are not determining who I am 
Mm-hmm. Maybe the people that I come in contact with every day are considered to be commas. They're not giving me commas, you know, but just the value yeah, of how you sitting in something that don't look like everybody else saying it, but you are rich just because. Like, yeah. That's, and see, that's, that's, that's the reality. There's a lot of wealthy people in this world that are sad, lonely, and afraid. Just like there's a lot of poor people in this world that are sad, lonely, and afraid. So, so having money or not having money is not the issue. It's does it have you? That's what it is. Mm-hmm. If you don't, if money is not your god, if you haven't got to a place where you're like, I'm striving to be a millionaire. When you get a million dollars, you get sad, like, wow, that's not really that much. All right, I'm I'm striving to be a billionaire. You know, so you're never going to be happy. It's not about money. Money is a tool that you need to use. But in this situation. His brother was very grounded, and I think he he really is in a good place because that his life is good. He probably got a wife and kids, and they enjoy themselves just like everybody else. So I think you got to balance it out. You got to have quality of life and not just money in the bank. All right, so that's that's what we want the middle class to stop doing: stop chasing dollars and losing your dreams. It's not about that. It's not about that. All right, people. So we're gonna move on. Let's go to uh, let's go to uh, Marquise. Marquise. I heard the kids are being challenged in a special way. What kind of way are they being challenged? Well, my friend, I will tell you this. Now, I, you all, I, look, I'm the honorary safety guy of the group. <laughs> and, I, and I'm all about safety, especially when it comes to our children. Yeah. And, you know, we have to educate ourselves as parents or as, you know, soon to be parents or, or even grandparents. We have to continue to educate ourselves on what these young folks are now doing. Mm. I mean, such as you, you'll see these TikTok challenges coming on yeah. and they're doing all kinds of craziness. I mean, there is a list. You can search it up. There's a list of very dangerous TikTok challenges. I mean, sure. one one was eating Tide Pods. I heard about that. Stupid. Now, you- Actually, we, not stupid, but go ahead. Well, we were, talking about, we were talking about marijuana earlier. And for me, I always say, what kind of weed are these people smoking to <laughs> let me go ask you a around eating Tide Pods? Let me ask what? you a question. Well, actually, let me tell you something that happened to me. So my mom, she liked taking bubble baths, and she went and bought all these different colorful bubble bubble beads you throw into the water that melt. And it was the first time I had seen anything like that. And I decided that I was going to go, and I was going to, uh, it looked so delicious, I wanted to taste one. So I stuck it in my mouth, and I and, and I, it ain't nothing but soap from the outside to the inside. Let me tell you. Mm. But I tried that. Now, okay, I'm not the most intelligent one in the bunch. I know I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. But to hear that even to this day, kids are still doing stuff like that. I mean, it's it's not a shock to me because I was I was them. I turned out okay, you know what I'm saying. But Tide Pods, once you swallow that thing, it dissolves in your stomach. And that acid hits that. And that goes into your bloodstream. And that's why that's a dangerous thing. Not not to mention uh, the the cinnamon challenge. Oh. I and see. You, that and one then, there is that or kill you. That or kill you. And they had the one with the Mentos and Pepsi or something like that to where you throw the Mentos in the, in the Pepsi and then try to drink it as it bu- bubbles up and you drown on the, on the soda. Yeah, it comes craziness. out your nose. Yes, craziness. But the one of the most 
crazy, most dangerous thing that I've seen as of as of late. And this is not a new one per se, but this is the one that really disturbed me because it took away any kind of thought of safety. And you have to have a group of people around you in order for this to take place. It's called the jumping challenge. I just uh, put a link on that so you guys can see it. But what happened, what happened is you you'll stand in between two of your quote unquote friends and they'll try to get you to jump with them. Uh, and, and actually it's it's positioned to say, hey, we're gonna take a we're gonna take a picture, somebody's holding a camera, and we're all gonna jump to post it on social media. Uh, but when they count, hey, one, two, three, everybody jumps, everybody don't jump. The one in the middle jumps and they kick both of his legs from out of him, out from out of him, and he will land yeah. He will land flat on his back. People have gotten knocked out, skulls cracked. It, it it's it is absolutely brutal. And when you're talking about this stuff, we know kids are gonna do stupid things, but come on. There there comes a time when you hope. A little common sense will kick in, but this is a part of the fun to say, hey, let's see if he gets knocked out. You don't realize that he might not be able to get up for the rest of his life. Now, let's talk about this life. Let's talk about this. uh, Let's talk about this panel. Let's talk about this issue now. Um, Where kids have gone today in their mentality um, has is is in direct proportion to how they've been programmed since elementary school. What we're seeing today is a result of what's happening yesterday, right? So this isn't something that just happened. This is a this is these were indicators coming up to this point, right? So we've now hit this point where these kids are doing this, and I think there has to be a way to fix it. So let's talk about let's talk about solutions and protection for the families, right? What can we offer the middle class? What kind of advice can the panel offer the middle class about stuff like this for their kids? One of the first ones, uh, Stephen, I think, and Marquise hit it earlier, is the family structure. Mom and dad got to be involved. They got to know almost everything going on with their children while they're you know, under their roof. So I think the communication between mom and dad and the children has to be very tight, very cohesive, uh, very loving, obviously, we're talking about here. But I think if mom and dad are more involved in their children, uh, you know, they'll at least be thinking about not doing those things. Now, not to say they're going to not do certain things, but the point is you'll know about it. You know, have conversations uh, about the, the laws of physics. How about that one? <laughs> yes. <laughs> about not getting hurt. How about that one? You know, mom and dads do that type of thing. You know what not to do, what to do. Obviously, we're not perfect, right? All the parents are not perfect. But the point is, I think the communication between uh, mom and dad with the children, understanding how much they love them and care for them and want them to be successful in life. Marquis hit it just perfectly earlier that he's involved in his children. And I think that's one of the missing elements. The parents gotta be more, more involved. The grandma gotta be more involved. Uncles, you know, if you don't have a mom and dad, maybe it's the uncle and maybe it's even our community in some cases too as well. So I think that's All right, what All right let's go to Maxine, what you got? Well, I was thinking on the on the terms of awareness. Mm-hmm. This article is out here, and I'm sure the teachers are aware, and so PTAs are aware. Sometimes the churches are aware of different things that's going on, and we have to make sure that the parents are aware. It's some got to be some kind of informational if that's going out to the parents to make help them become aware, and in some instances, make the the students aware. 
Because perhaps maybe that's a blind side to them because many times they get the kids who I'm not going to say totally naive, but maybe who are maybe reserved and not as outgoing. And therefore they might not be aware of all this is going on. And so they're almost tricked into doing it. That's exactly, that's exactly what is happening. These kids who are not up on the trickery, they're the ones who fall victim to it. Because if you're, if you know what's going on, you're going to be like, yeah, I'm not doing that. So, so then that's a form of, uh, well, that's a form of bullying. Then it comes out of bullying. It's a, it's a, I think that's assault, by the way. Steven, when you, you when you see way. the video, when you see the video, oh, it, it takes at least three people because you have one on each side and everybody's in agreement. Premeditated assault. It is. Yeah, Every, yeah, yeah. Everybody's in agreement that, hey, this is what we're going to do. It's going to be fun. I mean, it's a, you could say the same thing about smoking. smoking. It's going to be fun. We're going to pop a few pills. It's it's You got the peer pressure involved. You got a little bullying maybe involved. Uh, this is definitely assault. It is crazy. Let's, let's go to these Vicky. people are not your friends. Let's go. Exactly right. Let's go to Vicky. Then we'll go to Yamatelli and then Adrian. Vicky, I see you're unmuted. You did you want to say? Oh, that? oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to unmute myself. I okay. uh, I don't have a TikTok, and so I, I know about these challenges. Uh, but I uh, I shake my well, head at them. Um, I hope the kids don't you know continue to do things like eat pod, um, Tide pods. Um, but but yeah, no, it's uh, it's hard. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to unmute. <laughs> okay. All right. So go ahead, Yamatelli. What you got? So I want to echo a lot of the sentiments that have gone forth about family structure, awareness. Um, it is so important, especially in times like this, with especially with how 2020 was, um, and so many children uh, were indoors, uh, well, everyone was indoors, but specifically for children. And if they're not plugged in, um, it really does take a toll. I mean, there was a high um, suicide rate uh, last year. Um, there was, there are a lot of things. I have a little brother, um, who was my dad and stepmom. And I even saw that it seemed like there were on, onset depression mm. because he was just so bored and he just wasn't getting plugged in. And how many times can you watch anime or, you know, how many times can you do this or do that? So if there is no structure and really paying attention to the needs of the children, it can be, you know, neglected. Okay. Um, and unfortunately I had a situation like that where a family member of mine was neglected and it, it he's okay but he was go he was gone missing for hours on end it was just a number of things so mm -hmm. if you're not really being plugged in with your children you could just overlook a yeah. lot of Look at those, those so, signs yeah, yeah. yeah pay so attention middle class pay attention to your yeah. children's lives are at stake we're gonna go to adrian and then we're gonna go to jerome for his next story go ahead adrian you got it um i was gonna say because one thing you said marquise you said something about common sense. And what I have learned is that sense is not common. What we, what we think is sense is not anymore. It's not common anymore. Just like Telly said, just like Kev said, it could be just because of the, the breakdown of the family and how things are not discussed anymore. Because you breaking it down like you're going to jump, they're going to kick you, they're going to kick your legs from out of you and you're going to have to hit the ground some way. So, you, you know what I mean? Even like Ms. Maxine said, if you hear it like that, it is not a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean to tell me you want to kick me like that? Wait, 
you're asking me to be the person that you want. And, and then our children will start to be able to formulate that common sense that we just automatically just assume that people were having. But because of the structure of the housing, the children are being taught by their television shows or their other forms of media that are mm-hmm. coming, or they're just their peers. They're not adults. Yeah. Our they're kids don't kids. find out until it happens. And then they're standing in front of the judge and they're getting sentenced for premeditated murder. And they're trying to understand how did this just all happen? And the truth of the matter is you're right. You thought that was a game. And now that is murder. Right. Because so them it's about, it's about, but them is the social media part. They're like, they're trying to get likes. They're trying to get followers. They want to be on the in crowd. They want to show, you know, that it's they can. Yeah. It's a fad. We like it this. We make fun of people. We make fun of you. We want to hurt you. We want to, we, the cinnamon one is a definite death trap. I don't no, think anybody was making it through that because yeah, it's like, that. It clogs everything up in your whole system. Yeah, so, you know, and considering that they went from, it's almost always like if you don't watching, what, if you're not watching what's going on, you end up watching it take advantage of you. Because when they first started, like that ice bucket challenge and everything, yeah. they were actually challenging people to make money, to raise money, to do things. So it wasn't like I'm just challenging you. I'm challenging you to put your money up and do this. I'm mm-hmm. challenging you to say this, step up for this, and let's be this. Right. So it can be and, used for good or bad. Right. And then right. it's like once we get what we need out of it, we leave it alone. But then our children are left, you know? So it's like, like you say, God, the there's a list of challenges. But see, this like, is the thing. It comes down to consequences. If these kids are doing things, as soon as they start doing it, it needs to be reported and it needs to be shown what are the consequences and that it's a serious thing to stop it. And I think more and more people will stop doing those kind of things. So I actually skipped over Maxine. Maxine, I do want to come back to you. I know we were talking about uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Jeff Bezos. So what's going on over there? Well, we were talking about Mark Cuban and his brother and how mm-hmm. he has stood his grounds and not it, it defines success for himself. And we always equate success with money. We're here, Jeff Bezos, his final letter to Amazon as, as the CEO. So we all know he stepped, he's now he's stepping down in February. He said he wants the world, the world wants you to be typical, but don't let it happen. How about that? Don't let it happen. Mm-hmm. He said he want he put a letter to the shareholders and told them that um, he wanted to make sure that they keep the company distinctiveness. That means that he want them to be different, continue to be different. And to me, it played right into the story about Mark Cuban's brother. Mm-hmm. You know, being yourself to yourself. And here, Bezo is what. Millions of dollars, billions of dollars, but yet he's still saying, continue to be different. Don't be status quo like everybody else wants you to be. So Mm -hmm. I thought that how ironic is this with the story of Cuban's Mark Cuban's brother and him standing his ground. And here we have one of the richest men in the world. And he's telling the company, don't let it happen. I want you to continue to be 
who we have created this company to be. Yeah. That is powerful. That's powerful. That is so yeah. powerful. Do not lose yourself in the money, folks. That's All right, so I promise not to lose myself in my billions when I get them. So you guys right. will be accountable to that. So stay true to yourself no matter how much money you got or how much power and influence you got. All right, we're going to go to Vicky. Vicky, what's up with this refugee camp recap? What's, 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 what's going on with the refugees? Well, um, essentially, uh, you know, there are, there are crises all over our globe. Um, President Biden announced, um, you know, an increase in, in emissions um, or he hasn't kind of put anything in place yet. Right now, we're still kind of at that only 15,000 people um, admitted into our country each year. But at the end of our fiscal year, um, which is September 30th, um, looking to raise that cap to uh, 62,500 refugee um, spots um, the next year and then 125,000 kind of putting us back, um, you know, in line to where we were, um, you know, maybe five, six, seven years ago. All right. So so let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. This is an issue that, of course, is uh, something that whew, it's a serious issue. So let's let's take a look at this and we're going to look at how does this affect the middle class? The middle class actually only applies to Americans. That issue is not an American issue, by the way. That's that's a foreign issue that's becoming an American issue, right? We know this country was built on immigrants coming here because everybody that came here was an immigrant. So let's not make that mistake, all right? They weren't indigenous, right? So we're not saying we're anti-immigrant. Right. But, but let's talk about the impact of bringing in people through this mechanism, through the refugees. Um, and how does that affect the middle class, good and bad? All right. So let's go ahead and talk about it. What do you guys got? Well, you know, I think just just starting off, I mean, the whole the whole situation of of, of having to seek refuge, you know, I mean, it's it's like yeah. if you're seeking asylum, um, you know, I mean, you're you know, you're trying to escape persecution. You're trying to escape war. You're trying to escape genocide. I mean, th these are really serious issues. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that I think is an important consideration is that people who are trying to escape natural disasters, as we know, we have many, many folks that live on island nations um, every year get ravaged um, by, by hurricanes, typhoons, what have you. Um, those folks actually aren't allowed to be, you know, they're not considered refugees. So they are, they are migrants. Um, really? And so that's something that I think, you know, we might need to consider because there's a lot of folks that are in, you know, island nations that, hey, you know, they're going to need to, to at some point, you know, there's going to be something that's going to wipe out, you know, just like what happened with Puerto Rico not too long ago. I mean, it wiped out like 90 percent of the, you know, power grid, um, you know, in our territory. And it's like just I mean, wow. we really need to take that in consideration. And so that's yeah. So that's one issue, um, you know, but the other issue is, I mean, we you know, if we're going to be a global leader. And you know, fight for values of freedom, of democracy, mm -hmm. of of respect and autonomy of of, of the individual. Um, you know, if people are you know facing genocide, war, persecution, mm -hmm. I mean, we have to create. You know, we need we should be creating safe spaces and spaces where they can you know engage with yeah. us. Um, you know, a lot of the first stop for people who are coming into our country who are seeking asylum, seeking refuge, end up at um, immigration detention centers. Um, which is something I don't think a lot of people know. Um, and so that's, that's, that's not a good, you know, first stop. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you on that, uh, Vicki. You know, that this, this is a very complicated area, as you know, 
very, very complicated. But the only thing I'm concerned about is the families, uh, the children, uh, moms and dads and children that get separated and all that. Uh, in that area. But we also, as a nation, uh, somehow, and I, I don't have the answer to that right now, obviously, but somehow we've got to protect human life. We have to do that. we got to help people. Uh, and that's the bottom line. we got to help the children, got to help the moms, the dads. Uh, we got to help the families somehow keep them safe uh, okay. uh, to the point we can help them. All right. Anybody else want to chime in on this one? All right, so look, this is what we're going to do. I do have a question. All right. Several questions. Um, so when they're, because I haven't read on this for a little while, um, as far as seeking asylum, they would have to prove why, like, their asylum case, right? They couldn't just be able to mark it as, I'm just, you know, seeking asylum. Right. It's a country of origin, place of origin, you know, and, and okay. of course, they know what's happening in those areas. Okay. So, and plus these are, in this situation, it's been happening for years, but yeah. it's not like one or two people looking for asylum. It's like yeah. caravans of people right. from areas that walk through areas that collect more people who didn't yeah. have nothing to do with the area they came from, decided to jump in. Y'all walk into America, we going with you. Uh, and then parents who are have children that are suffering in these places uh, that can't go, oftentimes they'll send their children Right. To, you know, to try to make it without them. And then there's some bad things that happen to the kids along yeah. the way. Yeah. So it's really, really dangerous. And they pay people to I mean, I've literally seen videos of men taking children um, by night. Two men took two children by night to the wall and basically threw them over the wall um, and then ran. Right. So and just dropped them from the height of the wall right. you know, so, and just left them there. So people are doing some really desperate things, like Vicky said. It's a human, you know, it's a human issue. It's a place, you know, it's an issue of do we close our borders because, you know, internally we have our own issues in America. We got homelessness. We got, you know, problems with the police officers and problems with the citizens and problems with food, you know, uh, deserts. I mean, we got our own issues that we haven't even paid enough attention to. And now we're creating and allowing another issue to come and exacerbate wow. it. But we really can't turn a blind eye because America's a given country. I mean, we're supposed to be a country that loves all people. And so that's the struggle. How do you balance yeah. all of that without making the people who have very little here, like the picture they showed, the people who have very little here in America mm -hmm. can't even get a check from the government they were supposed to get two months ago, getting evicted. But then they show immigrants being put up in hotels and given a, you know some money so they can exist. So that's the kind of thing that causes this fracturing of the the American dream, you know, feel like your country is really for you, right? So that's kind of the challenge, but we still can't close off our country to those who need it, refugees or the ones you say, if they they come from Haiti or something, they're not called refugees, what are they called again? Just just, mi just migrant, you know, just my individuals who have to migrate, um, you know, and so that's, that's, that's definitely an issue. But I do want to just call, you know, call out the United States because we actually get are one of the worst countries when it comes to global aid. I mean, where there are countries like Pakistan, China, like there are so many countries that are that are doing so much more than what we're doing. Um, if you compare us to other nations. And so I, you know, we need to kind of, if we are that global leader, we really do need to step step our game up because um, we are um, comparatively um, not holding up as the global leader. Okay, so let's go to Telly. What you got, Telly? Just, just one more point. Um, I, well, I guess it's that 
there's a lot I could say behind that, but especially specifically, I think it also too varies by state because here in New York, again, I'm originally from Virginia, but just after relocating here, or maybe staying here temporarily, um, there was legislation that was passed um, that for certain um, groups of people who are um, undocumented, they can get up to about, I think, 15,600 from the government. Um, whereas we've collectively from 2020 to 21 have gotten 4,000. So I think that it, to me, it's just, and you have to navigate the situation. Like it was for people who were the 15,000, you might as well say 16, uh, is for those who are impacted by COVID, which it's sad, but also here with us being, you know, American citizens and we, what do we get? Like 4,000? To me, it makes me wonder, but then again, at that point, maybe not drawing that comparison because that is from the whole country, whereas this is just New York. But yeah. I just, I, I mean, I do believe in being charitable, charitable, which I feel like America, I not feel, I know America is a charitable nation. Um, that's why I think there are a number of people who are migrating here. I mean, I'm a daughter of a, an immigrant. My dad is from Ghana. Um, so I know that was one of the many reasons why he came here. I just think that it's a bigger issue, which we touch on. And I think we just have to continue figuring out how to navigate that because I believe in charity. But I also mm-hmm. believe in like a, a balance. Yeah. See, my my problem is, you know, it's okay to posture and say that you're charitable, you know, in the virtue signal. Right. But I'll tell you what: if the people in your area have need and you're sending money outside your area to other people, then really, what is your motivation? And that's right. kind of my deal. If within every state we took care of our state, and with every community we took care of our community, we wouldn't have this issue. But that's not what it's about. It's about shifting money right. to places that don't take care of the people where the money came from. It goes mm-hmm. outside the area to other areas. And that's a problem. That's yeah. my problem. So that's yeah. why we have people's Congress people. That's what we're all about here at ATS is telling the truth. That's what Mexit is about, right? The middle class exiting this false narrative that we've been, you know, duped into believing for years. And thank you, Vicky, yeah. for being completely honest about the state of America and the, the way we deal with our policies. Jerome, you have the next story, my brother. What do you got? <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Uh, my story comes from Massachusetts. Uh, there's a, a licensing broker firm up there that's just started up. And, you know, just like any other company, you know, they want to be competitive and, you know, they want to get their little market share. Unfortunately, they've run into some problems with the regulators because of some of their practices. Right. And the regulators are saying that in the process of what they're doing is they're not protecting those new investors who don't know a whole lot about the market and what's going on. And they're, and they're making risky deals and, and risky investments and don't know how to protect them and not show them how to protect themselves, which leads them vulnerable. And some of us in, on this panel are old enough to know what happened in 2008 and, and, and what happened when the market crashed and people lost half of their 401ks and, and that's no fun and whatever like that. But they were saying to them, you know, you know, guys, you know, you got to do better than this. And one of the other things that they were doing is, and 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 it's a it's a huge market is the gaming market. They're going after gamers for investments as well. And of course, a lot of those are the millennials, the young folks who don't know a whole lot about the the stock market as well. So the the regulators are sitting there going, time out, time out, slow your roll. We may have to pull your license. Ooh. And then of course that's the, Robin, the Robin Hood investor. Yeah. That was yeah. the start of the Robin Hood. Uh, yes. Okay. 
Yes. Yes. So I thought that was very interesting because it's it's nothing wrong with you getting your market share. There's nothing wrong with you being competitive. But if you're if you're exercising and doing the same things that caused us to go into a recession, that caused so many people to lose their retirement, then yes, those regulators should be saying, excuse me, excuse me, Mm -hmm. you need to protect these investors because a lot of them don't even have a clue what's going on. And they just want to be like the the top 3%, Mm -hmm. middle class. So that's why they're investing. But you're taking a chance. I thought that was very interesting. Absolutely, man. I got to jump on this real quick, guys. This this one reason, man, you know, you an indicator is the name of something sometime, the name of something. Robin Hood. Okay, yeah. now you have to think about it. The words are very powerful, ladies and gentlemen. That's the one thing I said, Robin Hood, that don't even make no sense to invest in because guess what? They're robbing the poor to pay the rich. They're robbing the hood, my brother. Yeah, they're robbing the hood. So, I mean, they're doing exactly what the name said. So, doesn't that make a lot of sense? That's an indicator where you don't get involved. Look up the word Robin Hood. Look up the history of the word and just reverse it in this case because they're stealing from the poor now and giving to the rich, not vice vice versa. So, anyway, I just wanted to share that with you. I just That's why I didn't look at that because, man, Robin Hood, you ain't robbing me today, buddy. (laughs) Anyway. Well, let me ask a question. What would prevent... What would prevent Robinhood um, from just shutting down and then opening up under a new name? What would prevent that? I mean, we see it. I mean, in, in transportation, you see it all day long. A trucking company slams in the back of somebody. They get sued. They shut the doors. They open up underneath a different name, continue on with the mess. What yeah. would prevent that? Is, is anybody going to be paying attention to that? Well, I, I think when you talk about regulators, you know, that's, you know, you can't really duck and re- and recover that quick when it's so visible. I mean, a trucking company could do that in the local area, but on such a national scale, you know, the way this has been impacted, you know, across our nation, I don't think a company could just duck out and duck back in with the the same board and same directors, same investors, and say we're a different name. You know, we're we're Red Robin Hood now. <laughs> you know, it's like no, they they know who you are. Robin Hood. Yeah, you're not following nobody. You're not pulling nobody. But I think that. But you're right, though. The strategy would be to back up, maybe uh, restructure, come back yeah. at a different point. Nothing would stop that. I mean, Americans do that all the time. Corporations file bankruptcy and come right on back, you know, recover. So I think that there's some laws that allow that, you know, to happen, unfortunately. Protecting those who have money again, but not those who need the money, which is the middle class, uh, which is those who we represent here at the People's Congress. So, all right. So. In these closing minutes, we're going to do uh, we're going to do our final stories. We're going to wrap this thing up and go in our our circle. Who has a, a final story that they want to want to come? I'll Maxine. go. Okay, so the story that I'm going to talk about is out of work and desperate. Here's what college grads are facing and what they can do about it. Uh, we already know that the employment rate is what about six percent. It talks about the new graduates. First of all. The graduates that were in 2020, no jobs, nowhere for them to go. And now what? Here it is, 2021, May, June, what happens? Graduation. Now, these graduates might have a better chance because the economy is what? Opening up. Companies are hiring. Now, a survey was done according to Monster, and all of this information is coming from the survey that Monster did to help these graduates to understand that 
is the job shortage is, is here. The ones in 2020 does not have a job. So what are we going to do to help them find a job? They're right back to competing with the ones who were in jobs for what, 15, 20 years, and they were laid off from companies. So you got all this competition going on. So what they're talking about is that, how are you going to put yourself and get yourself through the door? Because that's exactly what needs to happen when they're a new graduate. And many times they come out of college with the education or with the degree, but they don't necessarily have the experience. Oh, and yeah. now they have to start looking at not only internships, but also freelance, uh, volunteering, mm -hmm. just to get the experience. Good point. Good point. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about the panel. Now, let's take it. We're going to take a Mexit poll right now. Let's take a Mexit poll. All right. So who went to college, got a degree, and when you came out, you couldn't find a job? in your field show of hands how many people all right so who got a degree came out of college and felt like that piece of paper won't work nothing okay all I'm getting right. it. are we getting close, getting close? Getting close. Right. i'm about to say i can't be by myself just are you kidding me y'all all right I'm so just like, who went to college and felt like you spent too much money to get your degree all right. All right. Okay. Okay. So we won't leave right there. Oh, who didn't go to college and, and is happy about it? Boom. All right. Here we go. <laughs> but the, thing, right. the thing with me is that I went to college, but I did not go to college until after I started working. And so I was able to allow the employers to pay for my degrees. Come on now. So all of my degrees fine. and certifications were paid for through the yeah. employers that I worked for. Oh, we're gonna have to slow down because that's a Mexican moment. Let's slow that down. Right. You the next five minutes. It's all yours. Well, how, how, hey, how we do that, guys, real quick. How one way we do it, Maxine kind of gave you a little tip there. The information's online. I'm really you, you you go go online uh, under the uh you can just Google that for sure, but specifically the Department of Labor. Uh, for sure, we'll give you some good data. That's just one of many, but of course we can help you uh, with the details on that. But uh, we do this for career planning because it's so important to have a strategy today. I know uh, Maxine and everybody else would love this word, but today we have to have a strategy, but it's gotta be based on data, what's available. And we can help you with that. And we don't have enough time to unpack all of that, but we can help you with that uh, for those who need that assistance. But it's all about the data, guys. You really have to be a data analyst today to look at where trends are going, where indicators are, and then adjust appropriately. And unfortunately, you may have to adjust midstream. For example, your freshman and sophomore year may be okay, but then your junior year may have to shift to another area based on the indicators. So that's something we can help you with. We're gonna back this buzz all the way up. That ain't even, I don't even care about none of that. that yeah, that's but that's yeah. college. You're talking about people who didn't go to college and they're working. She's Maxine's gonna tell us how she did that. That's what I wanna know. How did okay. you do that? Break that down for us. So one of the things that I did is I looked for a company that had tuition reimbursement as a ah. part of the benefits. Okay, that goes back to Kevin's. Now we know what to Google. We Google yeah. that. Okay. All right. And what and how'd you handle that? What did you do? And so what I did was after I started work, then you find out how much money they offer during the year in order for you. To, and I, at that time, it was like $5,247. Now, look, I have the exact number <laughs> because I knew I needed to know how much I could use during that year towards my education. 
Okay. And that's what I would do. But you know, there's another thing is that you have to maintain a certain GPA. You know, so you have to at least pass the class. You just can't go in there and not pass the classes. So you have to okay. maintain the GPA. And you do many times have to pay your money up front. But once you complete the class and you get the, you know, the GPA, then they reimburse you. And that's why it's called tuition reimbursement. Okay. Okay. Because you, 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 I was with you and I, I slipped out the door on you for a second. <laughs> it sounded like you told me I had to take my money and pay for it. And that's what you initially, said. Initially, but you get that money back after you've completed the course. Okay. So that means that you took... You knew that, so you had the money set aside. Yes. Because this was a part of your plan, like Kevin said. Strategy. Strategy. And that's that's a part of the strategy, like like Kevin just talked about. That's a part of the strategy that we do as career coaches. We help you to put that strategy in place. But first of all, you got to know exactly what degree you're going for, what certification you're going for, or what type of education you're going for. But even before that, Stephen, you have to know what is your natural ability in order for you to know how to navigate that career or that profession mm-hmm. or to become a business owner. And those are the assessments that we do to help you with the, I call it the ability assessment. Yes, and come that's on. That's first cool. and foremost to get that baseline in there so that you're making informed decisions when it comes to your education and your profession or even become an entrepreneur. Marquis had to turn and look at you. That was so good. <laughs> Well, that is powerful. Good job. That is powerful. So we know that we're looking for companies that have tuition reimbursement. We know that you have to have a strategy put in place first. And this is just the Mexit mindset. That's what we're going to call it. This is the Mexit mindset that you're going to have a strategy so that you can get to a company that's going to pay you back that money. And they're basically paying you to learn more so you can be a better person, period, for their company. So that's a great, great point. Other than Maxine, did anybody else know about that strategy? All right, Jerome knew. Okay, I have good. heard. I okay, have heard. Me, so it's getting out there to the middle class. About these middle class, but see, my thing is when it when it came to my when it came my way in the middle class, it not only said I had to pay for it out of pocket, and then it was going to reimburse me, but then it came with all these other stipulations. Like I had to stay with the company to do this. I had to become this person in the company. I had to show up like this in the company. And then I'm thinking, well, that wait, did I really want this degree? Like, is this degree helping me? Or is this degree just really helping me in your establishment? And then like, so now I got to stay with your establishment in order for this degree to really make me. And then do I get to keep my degree when I leave? Like, I guess I do because I paid for it and you would yeah. be in <laughs> You know what I mean? But that is like, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing you. That's why I said it, it sounds good. But well, let me, dang. Well, let me and ask then you this you question. Sign my life away. What if I fail? Then I miss that's my money. I done messed up, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, All right. So let me ask this question. How many of you uh, still have student loan debt. Okay, good. I'm glad it's only two out of the group. Okay, and a half, two and a half. Thank the Lord. But well, see, I'm completely. They have, they have, they have labeled me completely and utterly disabled. So, um, <laughs> unfortunately, they have. That was one of the things that happened in my bad situation. Oh, I got okay. Some, I got some things written off. So. One of them being my student loan, it was almost like. Oh, I see. I don't wow. say too much, but you know this is going out to the world. 
Trust me, I'm still throwing it off in the head. That's why I have to say what I say the way I have to say it. That's why we we have to. Oh, that's what's this. going on. I was wondering. Yeah, what was now, on. come on. That explains well, a lot. I mean, I knew you were special, but I didn't know you were special. I'm very special. And I need to make sure that I always stay right. my special because my right, techniques always show up. Something I'd like to share with the panel as well as. Our, our listening audience, and I found out about this by, I'd say, by accident, because when I got out of the Army and went back to school, the Army paid for everything because I was a 40% disabled vet, which was great. I had a part, I had two part-time jobs and a full-time job and was going to school full-time, and I ended up graduating with honors, Whoa. undergraduate, with a 3.67 GPA. Here's the here's the caveat, and, and as Maxine was saying, you need to do your research. Kevin was saying the same thing. I go to register for the master's program, and the woman said to me, I was in New York at the time, and the woman says to me, Mr. Red, because you are a minority, graduated with honors, you qualify for a fellowship. And I say, ma'am, you don't understand. The Army's paying for everything and giving me a per diem of 500 and $35 a month. She said, no, Mr. Red, you don't understand. We're talking about free money. That's $6,000 a semester. Woo! Said, you say the F word, free? Hello? Wow. But but that's why it's so important to apply yourself and do your best no matter what, because I had no clue that that fellowship was there. I had no clue that I qualified for it, but you know I took that money. Yeah, so that's yeah. thank you. That's good. That's a that's amazing, actually. Six thousand dollars. You getting five hundred thinking you was doing something. Right. You had that six thousand sitting there, but it came from education. Again, you have to ask those who know, and and you don't know what you don't know, right? So that's probably mm -hmm. the challenge with most people, right? But that's why we have this show, the People's Congress, and that's why Mexit and ATS is sponsoring us to make sure that we get this information out to you, the viewer. Because for you to be empowered, you actually have to listen and be educated first. And once you're educated, you can be inspired to take the next steps, which you heard from Jerome. But once you get this information as well, you want to share it. It's not just about you. It's about you helping those around you. And that's the only way the whole middle class is going to exit. We can't totally exit it unless we take everybody with us. Right. So we got to do that through the education, do these tips that's coming out tonight. This stuff is golden right here. This stuff is golden, so thank you so much for sharing that. I appreciate that. All right, so who has the next story? I had one more piece of advice real quick before we before we move on, if that's okay. All right, yeah, let's go. What you got? So so the reason why I don't have any more I don't have any student loan debt is because VCU paid for me halfway gave me a 50% scholarship to be there. Um and I racked up I racked up probably about four or five other scholarships just from other departments, from rotary clubs, from just other organizations. Wow. So you got to if you want to invest in yourself, I mean there are people that want to invest in you, so value yourself. And don't be afraid to talk about yourself in a, you know, because a lot of scholarship essays are, you know, what's your biggest challenge? What's your, what's your growth moment? You know, what's, you know, there's, it's, it, you know, I know it's not comfortable always to talk about yourself in, in, in that way. But if you, you know, be proud of your story, be proud of who you are, um, you know, don't be afraid to, to, 
to, you know, put your perspective out there because scholarships are real. You don't have to pay those back. That's just money that's right for you. And, yeah. you know, especially if you get your grades up or even, you know, sports, you know, or music um, or, you know, there's leadership uh, programs that are out there. There's so many different ways that you can get scholarships. Um, I'm a nerd. So mine, mine was all academic scholarships. Um but but you know there's so much out there so don't underestimate your own value yeah that's amen. awesome all right amen. all right that's great. amen ladies and gentlemen real quick i brought you by podium out of richmond virginia <laughs> hey brother Stephen, real quick i gotta piggyback on what vicky yeah, just said because y'all yeah. missed it y'all missed it you gotta have excellence you talked they talked about uh, the gpa yeah. you gotta pass the classes you gotta want to pass the classes I am convinced that the system, no matter how bad or good it is, it will recognize excellence. If you mm -hmm. apply yourself, believe me, all the areas will come to you, ladies and gentlemen, but don't go in failing. Don't go in thinking you're gonna fail. You have to go in with excellence and that you will win. And believe me, people will throw the scholarships, throw the money, they'll find you, they'll know that you're available and they'll say, oh, we're gonna give them 10,000 because they just hit 4.0 average. That's gonna come to you, but you have to put your, Part of it in. I had to bring that out, Vicky, because that's the key. You got to have the excellence in there. That's good. Keep it moving. That's good. Good job. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. You're right. He's our quality control guy. So he wants to give you the quality information to help you do your best, uh, especially to help you qualify for the things that are out there for you. This is some good stuff right here. So we got to make sure, look, middle class, make sure you spread this information, share this video, like this video, comment on this video, let us know you hear what we're saying. If you got questions on any one of the topics that we're covering, you know, let us know because we want to inform you on the things you want to be informed about. We don't want to just be up here talking about the stories we care about. We want to talk about the stories that you care about. That's what the People's Congress is all about. And so we want you to join the People's Congress in the movement that we're doing all across America, all across the world. We're hoping to open up chapters all over the world. So if you're watching this show in a foreign country, let us know where you're from. You'll be the first representative for your entire country on the People's Congress. Come on now, we're expanding this thing out. That's what we wanna do. So look, make sure you let us know what, what you wanna hear and also contact the people you see here. In the last remaining minutes, if you guys got websites, go ahead and put your websites up where your name is so people can see how to get to you and uh, reach out to you and be a part of your program. We we have some great panelists here. They're taking their time out to give you, and this, they're doing it for free. You would think we'd be getting paid for all this work that we're doing, but you know what, our pay is to know that we're helping to change your life. That's what it's about. The People's Congress came together to sacrifice together so that we can help the middle class exit with this education and this empowerment to inspire you to do the best that you can do. And it's all brought to you by ATS, the only company that's taken over the entire world and disrupting every area we can disrupt. So you better join ATS, you better join in what we're doing. Make sure you let us know who you are so we can get you more information. We want to fulfill a vision of the vision of our leader, Antonio T. Smith Jr. We want to help you guys know exactly who he is and what he's doing, but you got to stay connected. Everybody on this panel got their websites up. I see him. I see him. All right. Good. Look, make sure you support everyone that you see here. Take a screenshot, matter of fact, and so that you, you can let people know who's actually representing you about these hot button issues. So we're going to have a great, a great time in our next show. Make sure you show up. We're going to be talking about foods that are bad, foods that are good. We're going to have to pick all kinds of topics on future shows, but we also are going to talk about what's hot in the news. So make sure you stay tuned and stay relevant. That's what we do to empower you to be the best you can be. So we'll see you on the next show.
Have a good one. God bless.